Well, good morning, everybody. How we doing? Good to see you in church on a holiday weekend. Everybody good? Good, good, good. Hey, can we welcome the Plaza location right now? Everybody, we love you. Welcome you. Those online, glad you're tuning in, even though you might be away for the weekend. And Lansing Correctional Facility. Come on, let's give it up for those guys. We love you very, very much. Awesome. Hey, guys, you grab your seat. I want to take a moment to honor uh, Memorial Day. We know we get a day off, and it's uh, great to have a barbecue. It's great to have a, a breather. Uh, but it is a day to remember. It's a day to remember those that paid the ultimate price to secure our freedom as a nation that we should never take for granted. I think we've come out of two-plus years of isolation, your own little bubble. Every once in a while, you need that burst. And remember, there's something so much greater going on that we want to have the freedom to even gather together to worship if there weren't people that went first and paid the ultimate price. I mean, I think as believers, we should know that even greater than even Americans, that it took a, a, a sacrifice and a surrender to secure our freedom. And so are we grateful? Can we just say thank you for everyone that we might know, our loved ones that maybe, uh, I know there's a lot of veterans in our church. In fact, I, I, I see one right there who's part of our veterans group which is pretty cool. One of our connect groups are veterans. And uh, JD also, the other leader in that group was on the plaza at the nine and they have friends that paid the ultimate price. And so let's just be grateful. Let's not waste it. And uh, man, our nation is in a, a, a difficult spot. Uh, the whole world is. And I think about just even the, the, the shooting this last week in Texas, the supermarket in Buffalo, and there's like a one the week before that and a week before that. It seems like it's every single week. And um, in fact, I saw this stat um, that we ended uh, 2021 with 693, what they call mass shootings. And I probably should have been more diligent and found out what exactly qualifies as a mass shooting. I just know any shooting is wrong. Uh, but in 2019, it was only 417. And so in the last two years, these pandemic pressure cooker, fearful, anger, animosity, disunity, all these things that have just been so prevalent uh, in our nation around the world, uh, there's it's just a crisis. There's a crisis. And I'm not here. I, I definitely conversations and policy changes. I never use a platform for political posts or anything like that. This is about the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, but I will say this is a whole lot of darkness in this world. And uh, yet the solution is, is Jesus, the light of the world. John 1 says, wherever Jesus enters, the darkness has to go. It dissipates. It's got to leave. And so there is a kingdom solution to the chaos of this world. And I don't know about you, but I just declare for us, for me, for our church, we're going to be about kingdom solution, which is reaching lives and bringing hope and bringing help and bringing Jesus. Because we need it more than ever. And uh, where the enemy's up to his worst, I do believe that God is on the precipice of doing his absolute best. Do you believe that? Let's pray for that. Let's pray for our nation. God, first and foremost, we just give you thanks and glory. Um, lots of things wrong with our nation and a whole lot that's right. And I think sometimes we can live in a media bubble and not see all the great things about our nation. And yet we're also very aware of all the brokenness in all of humanity. We pray for you would, you would move in America. We thank you for those 
brave men and women who've laid down their life from generation after generation so we could have this nation and so we could have this freedom. Help us never take it for granted. Let's not curse the nation. Lord, we bless our God and we be a blessing to our nation. Lord, we mourn with those that mourn the loss of life, particularly children. Lord, we know how much that hurts your heart. It hurts ours as well. And yet, instead of just being so frustrated or fearful, we choose to fan into flame the light of Jesus Christ. Help us to bring more change. Truly, we pray the prayer of Jesus. Kingdom come. Your kingdom. Your will be done. Let it be here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, at Kingdom City, we are building people that bring heaven to earth. Help us bring more of heaven to earth in our nation, in our city, in our own neighborhoods, to love the outsider, the disconnected, the disenfranchised. Lord, help us always have a heart for all of humanity. Let us bring radical change to Kansas City, to this region, to this nation, to this world. We thank you, God, more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Well, I'm glad to see people actually came to church on this is like National Youth Pastor Preach Week weekend in America, but I'm here, so I'm preaching. And so, um, yeah, definitely, um, definitely a lot to ponder. I actually know that I'm speaking to Core Church family. If you're a guest here today, you probably came with Core Church family that you're visiting on this vacation holiday weekend here. Um, last week, we talked about crossing over out of comfort and into calling from the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 3. Uh, and we're going to jump back into the early part of the book of Joshua today. In fact, I just ask all the church family, uh, maybe read Joshua 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 in these next couple of weeks. Uh, because I think it dovetails so perfectly uh, with the season that we've come out of, of, of transition and where God is wanting to take us into our future. That there is a promised place and space that God desires for us to occupy. And, and yet more than just speaking to the entire church, like a church vision, mission, a sermon. I want to speak to mission and vision in your personal life, in your married life, in your raising of kids, even in your career life today, uh, because we are crossing over into a new season. Uh, if you weren't here last couple of weeks, we finally got city approval on our south location. Come on. It took a long time, uh, but God knows what he's up to. And uh, we will be opening up a, a south location in the very near future. I think it's, it's teetering on the brink, whether it's going to happen by the end of the year or really, really early next year. But it's something really special. And if we talk about bringing change to our nation, I think this is where it dovetails well into the message today. That we've got to be the people. Because I can rally cry us all day long about where we need to go to a, as a church. But I would, I would pray that you would lean into what the Holy Spirit wants to say to your heart and your life this morning about where you need to go what the promised place, what it looks like for you, for your marriage and for your family and for your future. Because uh, transi transitions are significant. We came out of a significant one and we've kind of settled as a church family, but what for? Just so that we can be uh, secure and safe or is there places that have gone unsettled that we're called to occupy? Is there, is there new promised places that God wants us to reach and to pursue? I remember a, a kind of legendary college football coach. Uh, he talked about the importance of plays that most people just take for granted or think are in, uh, insignificant. And that's when possession changes. In transition, where you punt or during the kickoff or you receive a punt or you receive a kickoff, 
There, there, there are a small number of plays in a game, but those games, those plays statistically is where the greatest gain is received or loss. That when you receive it or you give it away, the opportunity to take more ground or lose ground is more significant in those plays. And I think we're in one of those moments together as a church right now. Maybe you're in one of those moments in your life that we've come out of the unsettling of the last two years. And maybe we finally got a little bit of breathing room or things seem to be turning to somewhat of a normalcy. But what for? What does God want to do in a season of transition? Because these are the perfect places and spaces for God to really check where your heart is at. Are you into playing it safe or do you desire significant? Do you want to get out of the comfort zone so that you can receive the fullness of your calling? And in the seasons of uncertainty and transition, I think it's a perfect opportunity for God to clearly speak to you. For God to clearly speak to us, to change us to lead us, maybe to renew some things we've forgotten about, maybe to get a brand new vision for what he's been wanting to do through our lives from the, uh, uh, from the time that he created us. So I want to speak today about the position, being positioned to proceed, that we're in a space and a time not to waste, but we're actually been positioned by God to proceed into promised places. Now, it got real quiet and, and, and lethargic in here, like you've already eaten all your barbecue from tomorrow. But can we just take a moment and thank God that we're not where we used to be, and we're right here now, but then we're going to ask him by the Holy Spirit, what for? Why am I here right now in such a time as this, in a season like this? Because I believe it's a perfect season for kingdom purpose. It's a purpose, perfect season for the plan of God to progress and to prevail in our lives. I remember a few years ago, I was flying home uh, from some sort of church speaking endeavor or trip. I don't remember what. I just remember I was early to my gate. Uh, I had a layover. Uh, I don't like being at the airport. I don't know about you, um, particularly MCI. Thank God for renewal. Thank God for a new airport. Um, but anyone that ever has gone to the airport with me knows I like to cut it real close, like begging for them to allow my bag on the plane kind of close. And I remember I was flying home and I had a long layover. And so I, I just had like an hour, hour 15 to kill. And so I was just like hanging out. I got a water. I got some beef jerky, $47 later. Um, I just sat down on the gate and I was kind of just wasting time, daydreaming, checking on my phone. Uh, and before I know it, I knew it was time for us to board. And yet no one was lining up. And I, I looked up at the gate. In fact, it was past time for board. And all of a sudden I realized um, the sign uh, above the door that was supposed to read Kansas City, City of Fountains, Kingdom City. It read Pittsburgh. And they had changed the gate on me. Uh, now, like, I'd be okay if it would have said like Miami or even like Pittsburgh, Kansas, because someone could still drive me up here. But but Pittsburgh, I was like, oh, no, not today, devil. The gates of hell will not prevail. I'm going home. But they had announced it, but I didn't hear it. So I thought I was in the right place in space at the right time, but I wasn't. Now, any sort of announcements at the airport, we know it sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher voice. like. So I didn't hear it, and so I had to run, sprint to get to my gate on time. 
And I think many of us as believers, we're, we're, we're kind of, hey, we're hanging out. We're waiting for the next opportunity. We're waiting for the next place. But, but God is actually speaking to us about where we're to be positioned so that we can actually proceed on all that he has designed and desires for us. And I wonder how many of you think that you're in the right place because you're not where you used to be. And yet God, and I'm not talking about proximity, I'm talking about the place and status of your heart and mind, that you're actually ready to walk into all that he's designed and has desired for you. Because you can have a ticket and you could be at the airport, but if you're at the wrong gate, you are not getting on that flight. As a believer, you can know the promises of God and you can even have a dream and desire that you feel like God has placed on the inside of your heart. But if you're not positioned in the right place, you will not proceed into the promised place. And we see that about Joshua's generation. Joshua's generation were positioned to proceed after four decades of frustration. Finally, they're on the precipice of walking in and pursuing the promised place that God had always designed and desired for them. From wilderness, now they're looking at the promised land. They're on the cusp of moving in to God's best, but with great opportunity normally comes uncertainty. And they're having to wrestle with the cost of calling to go in to this new thing that God had designed them for. For 40 years, all they have known is daily bread. They're about to walk into daunting battles. Before this, they've, all they've known is kind of following the presence of God as it led them. Now God's giving them direction that will lead them actually even in to conflict. But the potential that's on the other side was worth the pressure that they were currently feeling. The destiny that God had for them was worth the discomfort of stepping into the unknown. And so if we're going to get positioned to proceed, this is a very basic message, but I believe it's one that you can build the next few steps of this significant season that God has for your life off of. If you're going to be positioned to proceed, you first and foremost, you've got to get ready. You've got to actually have what you need to take what God has called you to take. And you've got to ready yourself. Because God, by his spirit and through his word, he can do something on the inside of you. But if you're waiting for everyone else to come around and open a door for you, you'll miss the God opportunities that he's designed for you. Because many of us, we want God doors to open, but we're not walking down the hallway. You've got to learn how to ready yourself so that you're in the position that when God, by his spirit, green lights the next go opportunity, you're ready to go. I know this might sound basic, but a lot of believers aren't ready for what they're believing for, for God to do next. You'd be surprised about how many people are not home when opportunity knocks. You've got to be ready for what God wants to do, where he wants you to go. I mean, practically speaking, if you want a job, you better get ready with the application, with the resume. If you want a relationship, you better get ready with a haircut and brush your teeth like you... There's some natural things you can do, but today I'm speaking about spirit, spiritual things. What's the area of your life that God's been wanting to change and God's been wanting to grow and God's been wanting to ready you for the reward of the next season that you're called to step into? There are three words that will kill your destiny and they are one day win. One day win, uh, God does that for me, uh, then I'll do that for him. One day when my relationships are at peace, then I'm going to have time to make this dream or desire a priority. 
One day when uh, things kind of come into a limit, I got a little bit of breathing room in life, and then I'll, I'll, I'll start walking with God a little closer, or maybe even take a risk in my future or live by faith one day when. But one day never comes unless you decide to choose right here now. God is looking for people that will say, right here now, before I even see the opportunity, I'm gonna ready myself. Before the, the thing I'm believing for even seems like it has the potential to come to pass, I'm gonna read my word. I'm gonna pray and worship. I'm gonna get around the right people. I'm gonna get to proclaim God's promises over my life. I'm gonna let him change me now before I just want him to do something for me then. In Joshua chapter one, God speaks to Joshua. We'll look at that passage in just a moment, but we're gonna pass over it for just a second. In Joshua chapter 11, Joshua's telling the people what God has just told him. And he's telling them, get ready. You've got to get ready. I know we're so close to seeing this come to pass, but you could be right there and, and right on, on, on the, 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 the borderline between your old, old self and then the breakthrough that God has for you. But until you choose to ready your spirit and your heart, you will never receive the reward of the promised place. So God is spe uh, Joshua is speaking what God has just spoken to him. He says, go throughout the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Because three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land your Lord God is giving you for your own. If you will, it's like a race. It starts with on your mark. Are you in the right place? And then it goes with on your mark, get ready, and then you go. I think when you're planted in God's house, which by the way, I am speaking to people who are here on a three-day weekend who are planted in God's house. This is why I decided to show up and preach as well, and I love you very much. The Bible says that when you're planted in God's house in Psalms 92, you will flourish in the courts. You gotta be in the right position, but you gotta be in the right position and you gotta have the right heart, the right spirit, the right mindset. You've gotta get ready, and then you can go. You know, in marriage, um, one of the biggest surprises that you'll find if you're engaged, if you're, if you're dating, guys, let me just tell you right now, you're gonna be shocked how long it takes your wife to get ready. Like, I get ready in like 3.7 seconds. Uh, Liz would just say right now, um, I think she's at home watching because we got a, a sick kid at home. We're praying health and healing in the Turner house. Um, Liz would say, uh, yeah, but you look like you and I look like me. So it's, it's worth the wait. Like, the better you want it, the longer it takes. And so if you've been waiting for a while, but you've just been waiting and haven't been working on your inside world, on your heart, uh, maybe blessing and bringing a fulfillment to other people, you're in the right proximity, but you're not poised for the new thing God wants you to occupy or to take. It's not just about being on your mark. It's about being ready. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4 says, Those too lazy, those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. You know, like the Bible says, too lazy, I'm sorry, that's the Bible, it's not me. I would be kinder than the Bible. Other Proverbs call people a sluggard, which has the word slug in it. It seems harsh, but what the Bible's trying to tell you is like, hey, if you aren't ready in this right season, you'll not have the reward of the next season. Because nothing is exciting about plowing. 
Plowing is the hardest job you're going to do. I say this with zero agricultural experience, but I've watched it on TV. It looks real hard. You don't see any fruit. You're just working and breaking up the hardness of the soil. That's a hard job. But God is saying the right season is to do the hard work so that in the next season you can have the fruit of your labor. And so we have to be the people that are positioned to do the difficult things right now so that God can do what he wants to do in the season that is yet to come. In other words, what are you planting right now? What are you working? What are you pruning? What are you breaking up in the soil of your heart now so that the God's seeds can be planted to grow where he wants you to go and where he wants to take you in your future? That's, we know that we're people that are planted in God's house and then we'll flourish. We don't know how long that pause is. We just know that the promise remains that we have to choose to stick it out and secure ourselves. And our, our church experience isn't about just our little seat and not even about our little group. It's about what God is wanting to do that's greater than us. And if you're in a season where it feels like hard work just to hang on to the promise of God, that's because God is having you plow right now. But the harder you're working in this season, the more significant fruit you're going to see in the season to come. If we're positioned to proceed, we've got to get ready. And the second thing is that we need to start repeating the right things. That there's a beauty in repetition when you're actually doing the right things. Now, there's some things that you don't need to repeat, you need to delete. There's some wrong things, whether it's voices or influences or maybe even time wasters in your life that are costing you more than you know. But when we're doing the things that God has clearly outlined in his word for us, we need to stay the course. And just because it didn't work the first time doesn't mean it's not going to work. I want to say that to everyone who's younger than me in our church. You don't try something once and then it doesn't work and then you give up. That when you're following the principles of God's word, you stay after it. And that something about going to that well time and time again, that you'll eventually see the harvest and the fruit and the fulfillment that God has designed for you. Forward momentum in your life mission is a product of forward habits. And when I mean forward habits, I'm not thinking about talking about like self-help strategy. I'm talking about God's word becoming your ways. Just because the promise didn't come to pass when you proclaimed it, when you lived, when you prayed for it, when you tried to live it out the first time, keep doing that thing again. And the next time you do it, repeat it again and repeat it again. And if anything is stealing from that significance and that strength of your faith life, you need to push pause or mute on that kind of voice or that thought. Because like, let me think of someone, maybe a handful of you will know, uh, let's talk about Patrick Mahomes for a moment. Um, yes, he's a very talented individual, but talent isn't enough. When we see him make an incredible throw to win the game, like this coming uh, February, when we win the Super Bowl, because I'm a prophet and I speak that into our city. I saw an ESPN poll the other day, which the experts said, we're going to finish third in the AFC. And I said, get behind me, Satan. But we see him do something marvelous and think, man, what a talent. What a gifted guy. No doubt, physically gifted. No doubt, he made that throw 10,000 times when no one's watching. It's been on repeat in his life before you ever see it perform and win. In the same way, you are, you are in a place, like position to proceed into God's best. 
you got to get yourself ready and you need to be on repeat and everything that's going to produce life and godliness in your life. And then you begin to see the blessing. And the longer you've waited and you've been on repeat and you've kept your heart right and you haven't seen a lot of progress, normally the bigger door God is going to open and the greater the reward that's on the other side. So what is on repeat in your life? I think about thoughts. I think about words. What you're dwelling on, what you're hearing, what you're allowing to stay saturating your heart, your mind, and your spirit. To be honest, these last few years, um, if I'm very transparent, I have felt consistently overwhelmed. Like in leading this church, I've been doing it 11 years, and I'm like, God, you look so young. I'm like, well, thank you. It's <laughs> genetics and the grace of God. Uh, I, you know, 11 years. In the last three years, man, you could add up every difficulty in the previous eight and multiply it by a million, and I felt like I've come against more conflict, more like chaos in our world, more struggles. Am I alone in this that have just felt like the last three years have just been like there's some stretching and, and change and challenge? Obviously, we know the ones naturally speaking in our world, in our nation, but man, I feel like there's been such spiritual resistance to getting into the promised land for God's people. And so I've just, I've had to, 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 to assess what am I listening to? And what voices am I allowing to occupy space in my head and in my heart? And I have to remind myself what I'm reminding you, that I need to go back to what God has said and remind my heart what God has done. Like if you want to take new ground, sometimes it's good to look at that you're not back where you used to be. I remember when our church was Liz and I and two people showing up in our little condo, our first gathering. We did not know anyone here. We did not bring a team, which seems like a horrible idea, and it was, but I just didn't think anyone wanted to come with us. Statistically speaking, our church should have been a total failure in a few months. But God had spoken, this is what we're supposed to do. And so if I ever feel frustrated in the moment, I keep looking about what's not working, what's not happening in life, and the chaos in our nation, I'm forgetting how good God has been and what God has said. So some of you, we've got to delete the things that are detrimental to God's promise and purpose in your life. Maybe it's something that was said to you by your father or your mother or a quote-unquote loved one years ago. Maybe they're not even around, but that voice still carries authority in your heart and in your life. It is time to cancel that voice once and for all and get God's voice in to speak to what he sees about you and allow his promises to permeate that your spirit and your heart so that you can get the faith to believe again that you are positioned to proceed to the place that he's called you to occupy. I'm preaching a little bit better than the North location is letting on. That's okay. I'll preach myself happy up here in a moment. Because God does allow these seasons where you feel like you're over your head, that he allows them to happen because it helps you get over yourself. And if you keep repeating the things you know God has told you to do, I promise you, I do not know the timeline when the harvest will come. I just know that God always is right on time. And the harder it is to ever seem like you get to the harvest, normally the greater the thing that God is wanting to do, not just for you, but in you. And Joshua actually seems overwhelmed. Joshua seems overwhelmed. We don't hear his, his writing out his little journal uh, in this moment, but we just see what God says to him. And the fact that God's got to repeat everything to him 
over and over again might give us a little clue of the status of, of, of Joshua's faith. Remember, he's had four years of waiting, and now God is speaking. Now he's in charge. And God has to just remind, repeat, repeat, remind, repeat of who he is to Joshua and what he's called him to do. Now this is God speaking in Joshua 1 verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, how was he with Moses? He was with Moses with power. He was with Moses, the Bible says, like face to face. He was close to Moses. He performed mighty deeds. When Moses stepped in faith, God showed up powerfully. How was he with Moses? He's the Egyptians are buried in the bottom of the Red Sea with Moses. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse six, be strong and courageous. Verse seven, be strong and very courageous. Verse nine, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Like Joshua's like, yeah, God, you literally just said that three seconds ago. But Joshua's spirit needs a reminder. Something needs to be on repeat. God says, I've not brought you on this 40-year walk in the wilderness to leave you right on the front lines of what your faith has been believing for. I brought you this far to see you all the way through. I think Joshua's overwhelmed. That's why he needs God's voice on repeat. He goes on to say, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. I just want to make note that God does not highlight the walled cities of Jericho. God does not highlight the rushing river of the Jordan. God does not highlight the giants that are in the land or the kings that have taken up and occupied Joshua's place of residency. God does not repeat the problem. He repeats the promise. And in the same way, can we be those kind of people? I'm not talking about name it, claim it for a new car. I'm talking about God confidence growing on the inside of you that you will be everything God has called you to be. And whatever voices of negativity and doubt that you've allowed to linger in your heart and soul, that you would pause those and you'd put on repeat what God has already said to you. He does not highlight the problem. He repeats the promise. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. How much more so for us in this new covenant, New Testament reality, that how much more so, that more than Moses, we have Jesus. The, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in you not based upon your works, but based on the grace and mercy of God, that even when I mess it up, he doesn't abandon me or leave me. Even when I've been in fear, I got a brand new day. His mercy and grace woke up with me this morning so that if I just begin to believe that with God, all things are possible, that he might as well do that in my life, in my marriage, in my family. As I was with you, I will, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. And then God gets other voices involved. The church choir, the whole nation, verse 16 and 18, they answer Joshua. Whatever you've commanded us to do, we will do. Man, that sounds like a great church right there. <laughs> and wherever you send us, we will go. And then they say, only be strong and courageous. God positioned Joshua around people who were for him. Who's for you in your life? In your connect group? 
Do you have voices that believe God's best? Maybe even know where you struggle. They knew that Joshua was struggling to be strong and courageous. And when God said it, they repeated it back to him. Who in your life is reminding you of God's promises in your life? Who in your life is encouraging you on your down day? Hey, anybody can be there for the day where you get the job promotion, you can celebrate. Who's there when you got looked over? Who's there when you feel discouraged? Who feels like, oh man, you're going back into the wilderness? Oh, no, 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 not too fast. That might be who you used to be, but that's not who God is calling you to be. What are the voices that are around you that you need to put on repeat? And you get your heart ready because you're positioned to proceed. You get repeating the right things. It wasn't always this way. Joshua used to keep company with guys that didn't believe like he believed. 40 years before, he's part of 12 spies and only him and Caleb got it right. Now they were all right about some things. There's giants. They're all right about the walled cities. They're all right about the beauty of that land, the blessing of that land, the milk and honey. That there was fruit there, but man, there was too much of a fight is what 10 believed. But two, Joshua and Caleb believed differently. And 10 voices of negativity, think about this, 10 voices drowned it out potentially two million people's destiny. This is why right voices, even in a small number, matter for more than you know. More than you know in your life and in the kingdom of God. I think even working through our church. Because they all agreed that the land was good. They just think God was good enough to get it done. Yeah, there were giants. Yeah, there were walled cities. But man, God has walked us this far. Why would he stop? They thought it was just too dangerous. But Caleb and Joshua thought differently. In first of Numbers, chapter, uh, book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 30. Caleb has to quiet everyone up. You got a shut up friend in your life? Am I even allowed to say that? I don't even know. Like when you start talking doubt, negativity, hey, it's good to vent. We all need to vent. David vents to God. Paul asked for this thorn to be removed. Like you can say it how you feel it. But then someone comes around you and reminds you how you're supposed to believe it. And Caleb's like a shut up friend for the nation. He's like, hey, shut up, friend. I, I get it. Giants. I get it. Walled cities. But have you, do you not remember? Like, you're, look where you're at now. Caleb stilled the nation. He silenced the crowd, the mob, before Moses. And says, let's go get it. My translation. Let's go up at once, Bible, <laughs> and possess it. For we, us together by the grace and power of God, we are well able to, over yeah, there's a battle. We're going to overcome it. Who's that voice in your life? If you're not close to a person that's going to constantly remind you of the goodness of God, the power of your God, the potential of your God, the promises you've made to your God, and the promises God's made to you, you need that Caleb in your life. You need someone, no, 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 I know it's hard. There's, there's things to overcome, but we, we gonna go get it. We, we going after it. We're, we're gonna leave. Hey, if we get beaten by a giant, at least we didn't stay over here and die in 40 years in the wilderness. But the people, the majority report the negativity of 10. Man, you don't think a couple of voices can have a great impact? When I get to eternity, I want to make sure whatever that might look like in this day and age, I'm not one of the 10. Count me in. I want to be in the top 
Well, two out of 12 isn't quite there, but it's okay, I'm from Oklahoma. I wanna, I wanna be in the ones that says, God is able. Let's go, let's go get it. Let's believe for it. Your marriage is in shambles. No, 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 God is able. We're not quitting on this thing. This is covenant. We're going to walk forward into the future, and I'm going to walk with you. Man, your kids are acting up a fool right now. Man, your resources are on low. I get it. God is able. we got some battles to overcome. We might need to change some of the ways we do things, but man, we're going to do this thing together. It says at verse 14, all the congregation, interesting that they use that word. Talk about the whole nation. They lifted up their voice, and they cried. And instead of crying, come on, Joshua and Caleb, lead us into victory. They cried, all oh, these other voices, they must be right. And the people wept that night. And I'll tell you, they kept crying. They had 40 years of crying. Because of fear, because of doubt, they missed out. They cried at their funerals one by one that over the next four decades, they dropped dead in the desert. I know I'm sounding harsh. I just want you to get this in your heart. It's like cry out to God now and go take the land or cry for the next 40 years because you had fear, because you listened to the wrong voice, because you weren't ready, because you didn't repeat the right things. And if that's been you up to this point, I promise you this, this next season for us as a church, it has nothing to do about a new building. It's about building people that bring heaven to earth. And we're going to make sure that you get in the right congregation of your calling. And we're going to call out the things that are in your life that maybe have been holding you back and call you into the purpose of heaven for your life. That we will not settle on the shores of security when there's a promised land to step into. Like, let's go. What voices are you hearing? What are you allowing to repay, replay and repeat? I'm out of time, I'll give you the last one real quick. We get ready and then we repeat the right things. And some of us though, we need a repurposing. It's time to repurpose. It's a change of your purpose. Because your dreams and your desires, although I believe they've been planted there by God, still have you at the center of attention. And if you really have a kingdom dream, and if you have a kingdom calling, what you do, that it is not about you. Yes, believe for the promotion. Yes, believe for the relationship. Yes, believe for the fulfillment of the things that you've had a desire and a dream for, but you get out of the way. If you wanna see promised places come to pass in your life, don't longer be the center of all your dreams. You need to repurpose that. Like, God, take this thing I'm believing for and you get the glory and you get the credit. And some of you are even questioning why you're living in Kansas City right now. Has it seemed to work out? Feel like the season may, maybe should be coming to an end and you don't know what's next. I promise you, God has you here, whether it's for three months or 30 years, for something significant that he's always wanted to do. Because we believe here at Kansas City that people are the promised land. And so the thing we're believing for, the, the harvest or the payoff, if you will, it's never about just us progressing. It's about what God does through us. Verse 11 says, take possession of the land your God is giving you for your very own. There's ownership for you. There's something for you to occupy and own. But I love verse 12. But the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, verse 14, it's different for you. Because here's what happened. I'll go quick. Uh, they're on the east side of the Jordan, crossing over to the west side. And... Um, as a child of the 90s, it took everything within me not to go west side right there, and I just did. But anyways, 
like they, that's where Moses already gave them their allotment. And so they good, they good, good. Like they got the water running and the fertile ground, the crops, they've got their animals with them and their families are growing. They're already in that space. But God speaks to them. He says, hey, your wives and your children, your livestock can stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men, we can put women in there as well, because y'all a weapon in the hand of God, ready for battle, must cross over ahead. In other words, you're not just a support team, you're gonna lead the charge of your fellow Israelites, because you are to help them. East of the Jordan, that's already their allotment. That's a place of ease. On the other side of the Jordan, west of Jordan, there's enemies, there's giants, and there's battles. But God speaks to Joshua and says, hey, you got yours, but what about theirs? There's a fight for them, and I want you to go first. And if your life is only about the reward in the here and now, you need repurposing. You need repurposing. That you would do it not for yourself, but for the future to come after. It's been in my heart, God has been putting in my heart, that we're gonna build a church that lives at least 100 years. At least 100 years. You might not know much about the history of our city, but I study it a little bit. I tell you, churches like ours have about 10, 20, 30 good years, and then they're gone. But what if we start thinking about decades and generations, not just next steps or selfish decisions? What if we start thinking about building something that's here till kingdom really does come tell it really is on earth as it is in heaven new testament philippians chapter 2 and i'm out okay therefore if any of you have encouragement from being united with christ in other words if jesus means anything to you if you got any comfort from his love if any common sharing in the spirit if any tenderness and compassion paul writes says then make my joy complete by being like-minded, let's get united. Having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking out to your own interest, but each of you, that's all of us, to the interest of others. You are positioned here to proceed to places for other people. If you've got anything from Jesus, he says, if being a part of the community means anything to you at all, and you don't look out for yourselves, we're looking forward to the future of what God has designed and destined for others to occupy. People are the promised land, so we might have a better place than we used to have right now, but we're not camping on the east side. We're gonna cross over and we're gonna go ahead and go first for the families and the future of our city, what God has always designed and wanting to do from the very beginning. And in the kingdom of God, humility is actually the high road. Jesus goes low and is exalted high. If you feel like you're having to sacrifice and surrender something down here, I promise you because God's end goal for you is in an elevated place. So we take possession, repurpose. We take possession for someone else. Verse 16, remember they said, whatever you ask, we will do. I promise you in this next season, it's very significant for us as a church. I've been telling the staff, it's like a six, seven month window that's gonna matter for 10 years and beyond. I believe it's gonna matter for eternal things. And so I'm not asking anything of you. I'm not asking about for your generosity, sacrifice at all. I'm just asking you for your own personal surrender right now. 
that we've been positioned for such a time as this to proceed into something new. Let's just get ready. Let's get our hearts ready. Let's start repeating. Let's get back to who we used to be as people of faith. If you've caused, like the last couple of years have caused your faith to slip or the storm you might be in has caused you to question the goodness of God, let's pause that, let's mute that, let's start repeating God's promises again over our life. And then let's allow a repurposing. That even our blessing and our breakthrough that we're contending for is not about us. Because we have an opportunity even those that are, maybe you're doing pretty well in life and so in spiritual leadership and family and marriage is thriving. Come on, I love that. Let's celebrate that. But maybe it's just God is asking you to go first, to cross over, because there's more that he's wanting to do that's coming after you. It's repurposed season for us. We're gonna take our purpose. We're gonna submit it to the will of God. We're gonna get ready to occupy all that he's called us to. Do you believe that for your life? Come on, can we believe that for others that are yet to come? Let's get ready. Let's repeat. Let's repurpose. On the plaza up north, can you stand to your feet? I want to pray for you. It's a special season for us. It's a season of, let's get back to right hearts. Let's get back to having faith. Faith to believe God's going to accomplish that which he promised. In our lives, through our lives. By his grace and his timing. And I honestly feel like... In my heart, I feel like timing is now for God to do unusual things. You think that's weird? I'm talking about miraculous things. We sing House of Miracles, right? Great song. Sounds good. Do we believe that? Do we believe that we're actually living right now in a house of miracles with the God of miracles that isn't done yet, that he cares so much? Our heart hurts for the brokenness in our nation. How much more does our God and his perfection his care for humanity hurt and yet he's got helpers right here on the ground and we're positioned to proceed and there's something powerful that he designed for us amen let me pray for you then we're going to worship father god i thank you for those online at lansing on the plaza right here up north i thank you that you brought us together for something special lord just even for their own life where do they need to get ready what does it look like to get ready for that that next step you have for them, that promised place you have for them. Lord, what do we need to repeat? We need to go back and believe again. Repeat your promises over our life. Father, forgive us any, any time or season where we've had a lack of faith or myopic viewpoint. Lord, I, help us believe like Caleb and Joshua that with God, all things are possible. With God, we can take new land. With God, we can overcome the difficulties and the trials we might be facing because we're not without God that you're with us right here, right now. So we're gonna to choose to be strong and courageous. Lord, help us repurpose our dreams, our desires, our destiny, that we get out of the center of attention and you get all the glory. All the glory goes to our God. And Lord, help us grow in our faith so that we can help others cross into the promised land of their purpose as well. Lord, I pray in this season of surrender for us as a church family, that you would do all that only you can do. I pray that dreams come back to life and then we give them back over to you. Lord, you've been good to us. You've been faithful to us. I thank you that you're going to finish what you've started in this season in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, can we go ahead and give God some glory ahead of time? Come on, let's worship him with all that we got. I still believe you're speaking, God, I believe. 
for anyone who needs to make a commitment to Jesus to receive the grace that's already been made available to you because of the cross. If you've never said yes to Jesus, you can get inspired at all that you want in a message like this, and you can sing all the songs, but if your heart is connected to His grace, it's empty words, it's empty inspiration. You need that God connection that's only found in Jesus. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes for here? Never giving your heart to Jesus, or maybe you have and you've gone your own way. And you need to get back in that place where you're positioned to proceed, positioned in the grace of God. And receive that gift again. Make a new dedication, a fresh commitment, a fresh connection to Him. And no one looking around, if you're here and you need to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or come back home to Him, I'm going to lead a prayer, all of us together as one big family of faith. Maybe that's you online. And as we pray, we believe, we'll pray to support you, but this is your own personal cry to God's heart just to say thank you and I receive. And it's really, it's a divine exchange. You exchange your emptiness and your brokenness and your sinfulness for His perfection, for Him to fill you up for His beautiful grace. So if you need a fresh start with, this is your moment, do not miss it. If you're here and you need to give your heart to Jesus or come back home to Him with no one looking around, can you just raise your hand in this room and say, Pastor Kyle, that's me. Or online, you let us know. I see one hand up, there's two of you. That's awesome. Can't see everyone in the dark room, but I saw those that were in the light. You can put your hands down. Maybe it's you online making this. Maybe you're not even live in the moment. Maybe you're watching it later on. This moment is so significant, so special, and we believe eternal. Can we all pray together, church family, support those praying this for the first time or first time in a long time? Say this after me. Say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Say it louder. Say, thank you, God, thank you, God. for giving your son for me. I give my heart to you. All my mistakes, all my sin, all my shame, it's been paid for. Jesus paid it all. From this moment on, I receive your grace and I'm following after you. I give you my whole heart. My future's with you. I am saved. I believe I'm set free. And God, you have something great for me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Hey, can we celebrate those in the room, those online? That's awesome.